On this week's episode of Diet Starts Monday, the midterm elections are upon us. Are you voting? Black women are still doing things for the first time. And yes, it's still 2018. And we have our next guest who kills it in the newsroom and in her vegan kitchen. So enjoy. It's your three favorite cows driving on the East Coast, figuring it out and always doing the most. We've got our ups and downs at the end of the day. Don't forget... Diet starts Monday. A little bit of whoop, 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 Hey, everybody out there in this, on this globe. Prepositions are important. Uh, welcome back to Diet Starts Monday in our. Yes, come on, Airhorn. We're here for it. We're hype. Our third episode. It was beautiful. You know what? You did your best. Mm -hmm. Was it her best or was it subpar? All right, Maya, Mm. enough. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I love it. Mm, Good times. Let's just like get into it because y'all in the two weeks since we last spoke. Hell, just things are going on. Like. Some things comical, some, some things very serious and stressful, just like, uh, but we can certainly say for certain it's been a lot. I second that. Are we starting Anybody, dark I and mean, getting light? Start wherever you want. We can like salt and pepper it. Like we can okay. like. I would love to start by um, proposing a new segment that I'm going to call WTFF also known as What the Fuck Florida, where I will highlight various <laughs> weird stories that come out of the state of Florida because it happens every week regardless. The latest is, um, okay, so we all know how middle schoolers are garbage because they're mean and scary and like all hormonal. Agreed. So these two middle schoolers brought a bunch of knives to school and decided that they were going to not only murder 15 of their classmates, but then drink their blood as a part of a uh, ritual to Satan who they worship. Wait, this happened? happened? Yes. This was not a joke. This is very serious news. These little girls were arrested. They had like a butcher knife and like a pizza cutter and they were ready to murder all their classmates. Wait, did they? And they had a goblet for the blood drinking. Did they do it? No, no, no. They got caught because, you know, middle schoolers talk. So one of them told one of their friends, don't come into this building at this time because it's going to be dangerous. And so her friend was like, um, hello, is this the principal? (laughs) Something's happening. Um, Are you fucking kidding me? I wonder. So so I'm behind like an episode or two on American Horror Story, but I feel like kids just need to stop watching the telly after a certain time. This is literally like Slender Man, which is already scary enough but slender man is wild i work at a crime show slender man is wild what's slender man i never refused oh okay well don't google it because then it'll be in your google history but it's basically like the new version of the blair witch oh except he's like creepy and you say his name three times in the woods and he appears and like he eats children i don't know I don't it's, believe it's a in whole it. mythological thing. You should just uh, Google the trailer on YouTube and you'll see how insane, insane the whole story is. Is it and then like a real thing or is it a movie? It's a real thing. Well, like part of it isn't real, but these girls claim they believe it was real. It's a whole thing. I think there's mental illness potentially wrapped into it, but who knows? 
Mm, I see. Yeah. So these girls <sighs> believed in him and then like murdered another, like one of their classmates, friends, neighbors as a oh. sacrifice to Slender Man. And then they oh. made a movie about it because America. So. Oh. Well, and that has been WTFF. <laughs> if we can like move past WTFF, but like if we want to segue with more Florida things, um, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with some of the midterm elections that are happening outside of the states in which you reside. Vote. Um, but Florida has a pretty uh, heated or what's going to be considered, I think, a pretty close race going on for governor. Um, and yes. Andrew Gillum is a Democratic uh, nominee in the state right now who's getting a lot of hype, um, a lot of media coverage and things about that. And today I saw um, just some fun clips from a debate between him and um, the Republican nominee. I think it's like somebody DeSantis or something. I'm, I might be butchering the name or forgetting the other it's candidate's DeSantis, name. DeSantis, you're right. Yay, remembering things. Um, but what was like, oh my God, what do you say? A dog. Does anybody know exactly what I'm talking about? Something about hitting a dog and it'll holler. And I was like, yeah, hit dogs holler. Uh, that's it. That's all I want to say on it. Cause like, I didn't look that much I further mean, into it. Oh, that whole race has been super contentious. I think the latest thing that I saw was there was like a robo call going out mm-hmm. and it said something along the lines of like, hi, I'm that Negro Andrew Gilliam running for governor of Florida. <laughs> if you don't vote for me, you hate Negroes. Negro! And it was, like, obviously not real, but yeah. it was stressful. I also, the uh, other quote that, like, was dope from that um, clip, Brandon, was, he said, what did he say? He was like, I'm not calling you racist, but the racists seem to think you're racist. So, <laughs> I don't, yes. like, I don't know what you want to do with that, but it is what it is. I was like, okay. Uh, He's also a cutie. He was almost my ass this week, but I was like, let me not. This is very serious, so. (laughs) True. Midterm things are just crazy. Um, I've been, so in my, uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, y'all. I took a sick day today for the first time in like my entire life. Um, And I just decided to spend it like reading political drama and for some reason stressing myself out. Yeah, Um, I do that. But other interesting things going on um, in the Georgia I think it's again another like governor race. Um, so it's okay. Stacey Abrams is going to potentially be, hopefully, um, the first black woman governor in the entire country, which is like another one of those firsts that you're like, what? Like, not surprised, but also surprised, but like, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just another one to keep an eye on uh, for those of you who are interested in the political side of things going on in the country. Um, a lot of places, early voting is um, open and running now already. Um, I'm pretty sure in Maryland, in Illinois it is. Um, I don't know about New York where y'all are at, but like, if you are looking to exercise that right to vote, just get on out there. Yeah. Speaking of so wild first woman things um maya i feel like this should be your news <laughs> but ethiopia elected its first woman president we did i had no parts in it but like i voted in spirit and it's exciting we actually have had like an interesting we i talk about us as the plural like <laughs> six to seven months with like a new dope prime minister and then the whole cabinet just got a facelift and now it's 50% women, including the secretary of defense. Um, so basically we're never going to war again because women can solve things without guns. Yes. And now we have a woman president who like the men 
are losing their shit. Both here who are like, eh, agar. And then the men there who are like, eh, agar. So it's <laughs> a lot, but I'm, I'm into it. Can you translate that for us? She's just? probably my, eh, agar is just like a man saying, eh, a girl. Um, oh. With just like a heavy. <laughs> oh. yeah, it like, sounds like a foreign language. I thought she was, I was like, she's speaking Amharic. just like teaching us Amharic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. If I was teaching you Amharic, no. I'd be like, and this, and this, no, say to me, Martut. Okay. We are here but, to learn. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, she's probably my aunt because, you know, we all related. So I'm basically the vice president of Ethiopia. You're welcome. Oh, my God. Congrats. congrats I support Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a Can contentious I election. Be your trophy husband? Um, no. Damn. I don't need well, a man to bring me down. It doesn't fit with our image. Yeah. Uh, other, well, I guess this isn't a brighten things up. But in other pop culture news <laughs> in the world, um, Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson like ended their engagement and stuff. Um, so that's like a bummer. But Do you, you know, know what's so wild. What? So fans of the show, there is a secret unreleased episode of Diet Starts Monday that exists on my computer, and we when that episode was recorded we were like oh my god can you believe pete davidson and ariana grande are not only dating but got engaged yeah. and mind you that was recorded less than six months ago so when that gets released and i'm pretty sure one of us was like it's not gonna last <laughs> one of us predicted the future probably you maya when- <laughs> that was probably maya that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of so, sad. But you know, also maybe you shouldn't get four tattoos for someone after knowing them for three weeks. Huh. Fair point. What's Fair like the three. equivalent of dickmatized? Because I feel like she must do that to pussy every. Whipped. There you go. Oh, I was See, I don't know. Dickmatized, but I guess that pussy whipped makes more sense. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In exciting our couple news, we have a royal ginger-haired baby on the way. Yes. We love I would that. just like to say that I've been praying for Megan's womb since the day of her wedding. And so Honestly, this is really same. exciting for me. Honestly, same. Yes. I'm really excited for her. I'm glad that they just stepped on it. They said, we don't have time to waste. We're just going to prioritize this Federal Express, like... Get it done. <laughs> like, <laughs> knock knock. Who's there, baby? Hello. It's I'm I'm hype. I'm ready. I want to. All I want is a beautiful, like brown tinted baby with the reddest hair eyes have ever seen. Yes, I Amen. agree. I agree. Uh, oh, that's like gives me lots of hope and things. Yes. Uh, Other things that give me hope, which I feel like it's about to get very loud. So listeners, beware. Um, Solange uh-huh. is coming and possibly so is Beyonce possibly with Kelly which is big news I'm just saying listen this Solange album I am ready my seat was set at the table and now we need some like our second course Oof, say that again I need more I'm but do you ever feel like right when those. Beyonce is like I need a break I need a second. Solange is like, don't worry. I got you with that second course and that dessert. Like, <laughs> Yes. Uh, I mean, second so course, bad. her Ikea line, dessert, this album. What else can people ask for? Like, hello? Music I'm, from Rihanna. I'm excited. Oh, say that. Rihanna will tell you. She'll be like, who sent you? <laughs> the label. That's fine, though. I'm not making we'll music. We'll get it one. I mean, she's allegedly working on stuff, too. So, like, I really can't be pressed because there is lots of, like, good bops that are still 
coming and out and about and things. So, you know, I can't worry right now. Did you see? Um, I'm sure we'll have yeah. plenty of, yeah. All new Fenty is dropping also. Some dope Fenty colors, so. Um, other things, I mean, in the world of TV, Luke Cage got canceled and I was hype. But what? Oh, black. Yeah, oh Luke Cage they canceled it mid-season three. They're not going to finish filming. Oh, no. Why did that happen? Mid-season? Oh, yes. That's rough. Usually they let you finish. I'm sorry. I'm, I was experiencing genuine shock. Like, what a disappointment. Yeah. I mean, the guy, I can't think of his name right now, who plays Luke Michael. Cage. Michael. Michael Coulter. Yeah. Thank you so much. It, he's so problematic online. Um, just Google, like, Michael Coulter tweets and... You'll oh, see. I didn't know anything also, about him besides the TV show. Sorry. I take back all yeah. my support before uh, reading more. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You know, he had us all fooled because he would just take his shirt off and you'd forget what was happening. Edit. But Like Michael um, B. Jordan. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. I have Ooh. a unpopular opinion about him, but we're going to save that for another day. Uh, but yeah, so... Luke Cage is done. Orange is the New Black. One more season, season seven, then they're wrapping up. So I didn't watch the latest one, but I hear it's no, good. No, it wasn't. I didn't finish it. Really? Oh. I, and I'm like, you know, well, you know how good I am at binging, and I couldn't even stick through it. Yeah, Piper just makes me want to, like, shove a fork into my leg. So if they would just take her out of the show, I would love it so much more. She's doing that whole, like, I don't know, like girl interrupted kind of, maybe I'm hard, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm in love. Maybe I want to kill everyone thing. And I just, Oh, sounds like me in middle school. Right. But she's a grown ass woman. She is. I can't. Or is she? Well, um, yeah. Other than that, I think the biggest and probably still developingest story there's two one well this one's kind of confirmed megan kelly lost her show on nbc yes. bye, girl. So, yeah bye sis i'm sure tamron hall is sitting somewhere just like quietly cackling to herself and uh the other big thing is a number of i quote suspicious packages have been delivered to the homes of many prominent Democrats, both on the political side, so people who are like are in politics Democrats, and also those who have very liberal-leaning views. So like, they trying to take Robert De Niro out, y'all. I didn't, the funny thing is I didn't even know that he was like liberal or liberal-leaning. Maybe I just don't know. See, he's confusing, because I'm also, I think, isn't he the one who offered people money to prove that vaccines were helpful? Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was another one of those old white men, but it doesn't matter because they sent him. They think these packages are also pipe bombs, but they've sent one to the Obamas, the Clintons. Maxine Waters got it. And she's like, I'm not afraid she's of like, okay, and come at me. Quote, yes, she she's said, like, Continue. I ain't scared. <laughs> Quote, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> she made like a whole produce video just to be like, I'm literally from Compton. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they sent one to the offices at CNN, Robert De Niro, George Soros, who's like a really big contributor to the Democratic Party. Um they sent one to Eric Holder by way of the DNC office. So that curly haired woman whose name I can't remember right now got it. And someone else, 
basically all over the East Coast. So it's a developing story. Your boy, 45, was like, you know, if you just weren't so hostile, maybe you wouldn't get bombs sent to your house. And then everyone collectively sighed. Yeah, no, I'm... I believe I would like to think that uh, our listeners are logical. So I can imagine that you would know what I would say in response to this. So I'm just going to shut my mouth because if I don't, then this is going to be like a two hour show. So (laughs) that being said, is there any other hats that we want to, we want to throw in there? Any, any personal hats? I have one other haps. It's a personal hat and you already know about it. It's that uh, I am very behind much of the world in what we know as Game of Thrones, but without revealing any spoilers for anyone else who hasn't watched, y'all, I finished season three and I am just stressed. Um, I probably won't resume watching for several days, Um, but as Maya and Ajane have already informed me, uh, this is only the beginning. (laughs) So That it is. (sighs) And, you know, I'm just really excited for you because, like... The rains of Castamere, like it rained and it rained hard, right? But it only just started raining. It's like the the casual drizzle before the the downpour. Season four of that show is just so damn good, and then it's just Lord uphill. Yo, Brandon's from there, text so. throughout Game of Thrones, like his watching, is like our top notch. Like I feel like they need a blog. So you know, maybe TBD. But for example, refers to Joffrey exclusively as Butch Queen. These are the things. These are the <laughs> things that really make my day. <laughs> so I call it as I see it. But anyway, uh, I'll keep you all updated. Uh, follow along. Sometimes I tweet about it on the Twitter, not consistently, but when I'm particularly moved or appalled. Well, y'all, um, you might have noticed a fourth voice in the mix. That is one Shaheen Toki, my girl, a journalist extraordinaire, um, a beautiful woman of color, um, and I personally stand for her. And I think the things that she does and the person that she is is very dope. So we decided to have her on the show. So welcome, Shai. Thank you so much. I'm really excited, a little nervous, but you know, love Ajane, love you guys. So why not? Dope. Well... I guess we can just dive right in, right? I mean, yeah. So, Shy, I think Oz just gave like the very bullet pointed version of like who you are, but in your own words, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, my name is Shaheen, but I go by Shy, and um, I am Puerto Rican and Afghani, um, and that's really central to my personal identity, and I think it affects a lot of my own life, so that's why I'm saying that. And I am a journalist at a um, Big Three network, um, and I also have a really fun vegan food Instagram where I take pictures of everything I eat as a creative and just easy release. <laughs> Can I just start by saying that I love your so Ajane put me on to the vegan Instagram when she told us a little bit about you. Um, and I've been following it and I am not a vegan or vegetarian myself, but I'm like hype. And I try and incorporate like veg only meals into my every week cooking. Cause I feel like, you know, I don't need to make every single meal with meat. So thank you for the inspiration. It's just like my first little. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that because I really try to make a page like, 
I'm not a perfect vegan. Like I don't, I'm not going to lie to you and say I hit the gym every day or do all this yoga and meditation. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But like, I don't have time for that. I work a lot. I have never worked a 40 hour week um, at my job, but I'm so happy about that. But I just think that like showing that you can be vegan and you can be busy and you can eat real food and you can have fun. I think that if anybody can see that it's easier, they'll want to just eat more fruits and veggies. And I think that's like the most important thing. You know, I sound like a PSA. I'm sorry. <laughs> I appreciate it. We're though. into it. We're and into we'll it. Link, so- we'll link her, her, her awesome vegan uh, Instagram and stuff and blog. At the end. Yeah. How? Okay. I guess my... The initial question that comes to mind is why were you like, hmm, I should like take pictures of this and like show it to people. So I work, you know, as I said, at a major news network and that is just, I love it, but it's serious news. And it's, I knew it's what I wanted to do very early on that I wanted to work in fast paced, hard news. And because of all that, I, I wanted a little part of me, you know, to, um, do something a little different on my free time. And I was always taking pictures of what I was eating just randomly and sending them to my mom and my boyfriend and my friends. And they'd be like, Oh, how'd you make that? That actually looks really good. Or I'd take forever to pick out a restaurant and I would be so excited because to me, I'm like, this isn't just a meal. This is exploring someone's culture through this meal. And this was made with love and this was made with intent. And I guess I just always thought about food that way because in both of my cultures, that's what food was. And it just seemed like a different sort of creative outlet. And People started liking it. I didn't think anyone would care. And then people started following me. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll keep going. Yes, says you out here getting invited to the little events, (laughs) the influencer (laughs) events. (laughs) Like, what even is that? Meanwhile, we'd be like running. Wait, stop. Are you famous? Are we talking to a famous person? (laughs) No. (laughs) I wish. No, I'm not. I'm not. I like, I don't know. I, I, I have almost 2000 followers which isn't that much but this is also a part-time gig for me you know this is on top of the 50 hour 60 hour week <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean I, I have like people have reached out to me and been like hey do you want to try samples of this thing or do you want to come to this event and we'll show you our plant-based options I'm like if this is free count me in you know <laughs> free is my favorite price thank you i will be there free is my love language as i was telling ashana <laughs> true that is a hustle i can 100 percent get behind i literally have your instagram pulled up right now for those of you who are curious to follow along um the handle is at hungry little vegan uh all one word together no underscores or numbers or anything but like also your pictures are so pretty and like whose marble table is this it's just lovely (laughs) the real question (laughs) i wish i could tell you i had a marble table but i got that at discount at home goods it is a marble cutting board like an oversized cutting board and i was in home goods and i picked out two plates and two bowls that would fit on there and I took my friend who's a photographer and my friend is like a really um, talented photographer 
And I asked her, would this look good? And we were legit taking test shots in home goods. And only she would let me pick between like six marble slabs and a wooden slab because I don't have anything like that in my house. And our marble is much darker and it doesn't contrast well with pictures and it's under yellow light. So I wanted a marble slab that I could move in front of natural light. So I did that and I got it on discount. And now everyone's like, oh, you have such a nice counter. And I'm like, you know what? I'm hustling out here. Not going to tell you I don't have a nice counter, but there you go. Secrets out. Wow. Respect, sis. I didn't even know. I feel so played, (laughs) but intrigued. Honestly, yeah. I feel like you just did us the honor of letting us like in on the magician's like secret a little bit. So thank you. My follow-up is as for like being a relatively consistent vegan and stuff for you, did that come from, have you like, I guess how long, first of all, have you been a vegan and like, where did that come from for you? Is that of like a health reasons, a like animals or earth kind of thing, environmental multi-perspective? Like, what is that for you? So it kind of happened to me in phases in high school, we were in health class and we just watched this documentary called, um, I think it was Cowspiracy or something like that. And I watched it and I went home and I tried to eat some leftover Chinese takeout from dinner the night before. And it was like chicken wings and fried rice. And I could not get myself to eat the chicken. And I thought that I would be okay like the next day. And a couple of days passed and I just couldn't. So at that point, I decided to go pescatarian Um, which is just eating seafood and fish and all that. Um, So I was a pescatarian my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college and about half of my sophomore year. And I remember in my freshman year of college, I developed a dairy allergy where like I would have cheese and I would get really sick. And I was also getting really bad acne that I think personally for me was because of all the dairy I was consuming. Um, so then I decided to just be a dairy free pescatarian. And then for New Year's, my sophomore year, I was like, oh, why don't I try being vegetarian for my new year's resolution thinking okay you're not good at new year's resolutions you're gonna stop a month into january it's fine so i went vegetarian and i really um never stopped because i was a dairy-free vegetarian and at that point all that was left was eggs and i would say probably like six months into being a dairy-free vegetarian i kicked the eggs which was personally the hardest part but when i found out more about how they're made and like all that jazz i'm not gonna get preachy i just it wasn't for me so i I was like all right you out there is literally eggs in everything it's so stressful i keep vegan for like five months out of the year for religious reasons and i've never i've read so many food and food labels at this point i'm like why are there eggs and everything i hate eggs so much (laughs) i mean i love them but like it's so stressful so honestly kudos to you uh selfishly what's like your favorite vegan recipe that someone with medium-sized kitchen skills like myself could prepare well for like someone who's on the go i think that oh something that i love to do is like i'll make um like parfaits and mason jars all the time i'll do cashew yogurt and granola and a bunch of fruit and there's a bunch of different kinds of dairy-free yogurts if you're allergic to nuts or whatever um 
but I'll do that when I'm like running out the door. If you want something that, okay, I want to take some time to make this, I really like to um, make like a, a really good pesto, vegan pesto um, with some pasta and some warm veggies. That's an easy meal, but it's so comforting when you eat it that you feel all special, like you took all that extra time. And I have a little recipe. I'm working on figuring out if I should start putting recipes in my captions. I don't think anyone cares enough yet, so I've avoided it, but we'll see. I would be into recipes. That's just like one new follower's thoughts, but I live for recipes because I will actually make them. Um, That's lit though. Noted. Noted. I'm going to Ajane has been actually pushing me to actually post recipes because she'll be like, how did you make this? And I will tell her, but she says I should put it in the caption. So another vote for that. I'll uh, work on it. Yeah. I don't know if you're like into Tumblr at all, but like Tumblr, vegan Tumblr will, I mean, they'll come for you, but they'll also uplift you in the right way. So... (laughs) Like sort of linking the Instagram Tumblr world, which is like two niche pop, uh, populations, but they find their middle ground. It usually revolves around like Chris Evans or something. But <laughs> Chris Evans. Uh, we all live for the same thing. Okay. So funny enough, I, we started kind of with the more, I guess, vegan identity that you have, right? But I'm also interested in letting the people hear more about like your experiences as like a woman of color in news. I think what really drew me to journalism is the fact that growing up, I was very shy and very um, reserved. And I kind of didn't want to speak unless I was spoken to. And I didn't want to bother people. And I would write a lot. I would write like little fake stories that I would make up. I would journal. I would read books, consume books. It was insane. It was like, you know, that scene in Matilda when she goes to the library and she reads every book there. That was essentially me. A classic. I could never, when I would go to visit my, my, um, my family or anything, I could never get in front of the TV. I was the smallest and the youngest. So all I would do is bring books, assuming that like, I'd never get to watch TV. So I ended up reading a lot made me love writing, made me love storytelling. And once I figured out that I wanted to tell stories for a living, I thought, what's a good way that I can do this? And I narrowed it down to television and magazines. And I started out thinking I was definitely going to be um, in fashion and in women's magazines. And actually, I was really into men's fashion for a second. Um, And then I took one broadcast journalism class and it was over for me. Like I knew I wanted to go into broadcast after that. And I really think that the reason I fell in love with it was because you have the privilege of giving a voice to the voiceless with your platform. Not everybody knows how to tell a story. Not everybody is listened to. Not everybody has the background. Not everybody has the communication skills. But if you can get someone to trust you and you go in there with good intention and you put together a great factual story, then it can be awesome and you can change somebody's life. Um, first of all, the whole time you were talking, I was just like, are we the same fucking person? Because, um, I think Ash told you this earlier, but I did my, and everyone, I say this all the time. I feel like I say this every episode and it sounds obnoxious <laughs> now, but I did my undergrad in journalism too, um, for literally the exact same reason. So I was like painfully shy as a child, hated talking to people and like 
still hate it to this day, um, which is why doing this show is weird. But um, was like very much into writing. I would write television show episodes. So like I was much more determined about being like in the TV and being famous. And so I was like, oh, journalism is like a socially acceptable way for me to tell my parents I want to be on TV and still get them to pay for my degree. So I was like, I'll be a journalist, you know, Christian, I'm a poor, she's cool. Robin Roberts, I'm into her. And then did the whole shebang. Um, similarly, I was like, you know, this is literally just telling stories. Uh, but you sort of have a little bit of power to decide, you know, what what stories am I telling? What populations do I want to focus on? And like, what is it that I think sort of deems importance and that I want to share? And so we're the same person. And I think you should know that. Um, the only difference is that like I copped out and didn't keep doing journalism. So kudos to you. Okay. But that's so awesome. And that's just like so good to hear like, wow, there's other wokes, women of color, as I like to call us, out there who are just doing the work that I stepped back from. So shout out to you. United we stand, you know, and and I feel like with journalism, you have to really know that like this is something you want to do because it's it's a challenging field. It's it's wonderful. It's amazing when you put together a special, you feel awesome. I got to work on the royal wedding. That was insane to me, but it was such an amazing experience. Day of air, I got to work on the royal wedding. I got to take in live feeds and see things before they were put together for the two-hour special. And I think that telling those stories, even if it's, you know, the way it is now in our current climate, really difficult stories and really contentious stories, but there are often really happy stories hiding underneath that. And when you get those good moments too, mixed with the tougher ones, it just creates a balance and you have this moment where you're like, this is totally worth it. So I guess long-term, what do you see for yourself? Like what's the, what's the end goal or is there a clear end goal right now? I do want to be a full-on producer and be the writer and be, you know, having a huge stake in how the story is told and what kind of stories are told specifically and how we're utilizing this platform. You mentioned briefly about how... uh it's like a difficult time to be working in news. I think all of us are sort of aware of like the current state of the media, if you will, quote unquote. And so um, as someone who has marginalized identities, as someone who identifies as a woman of color, but works in this field, that's really stressful. I think something that a lot of people who aren't in it don't understand that like, whether you're in front of the camera or behind the camera, it's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress and it's exhausting, like both emotionally and physically exhausting early morning, late nights, you, uh, you just name it. And it's a part of sort of working in, um, news journalism. So I guess beyond, what you do with your blog or your vlog? Is it more of a blog, picture blog with your Instagram? What are some ways that you sort of take care of yourself when you're doing the work that you do? I mean, I try to balance the kind of stories that I take in. So obviously, I also try to acknowledge that it's my job to be informed. I can't walk into the office without having a basic knowledge of how uh, the debate went or how that evening's um, news went or what were the major headlines of the day or what was that thing that was said at the White House presser? Because if everybody's talking about it and if someone asks you about it and you can't speak on it, 
it, it reflects poorly on you as a journalist. So on top of having to like do your job and know what is required of you, you also just have to generally stay informed. And I try to think about that because it's people's job to stay informed because you should care about what's going on in the world. They don't get a paycheck for being informed. Like, I get paid to know what's going on in the world. And I don't take that for granted for a minute. I love my job. I'm so grateful. But when someone says something that doesn't quite make sense or doesn't match up with what's going on, I try to think, okay, well, they're in this completely different field and they didn't have an eight-hour, you know, um, testimony at the Hill to watch for the day. And I have to think, I'm heated about this and I really think everyone should be informed, but did they have eight hours to watch this or was it going on in the background? And I have to think about that. But beyond all of that, I try to take in um, different kinds of stories, something that's a little more featurey maybe. I do a lot of reading on my personal time, but I also try to create time for myself by blocking out time for my family and my friends and saying, if I can step away from my phone, if I can step away from my emails, if I can unplug from today's happenings, I'm going to try and do that because the people in front of me are worthy of my time too. And I also, on um, another reason why I started my food Instagram, not to go back to that, is that I use cooking to unwind a lot. I think it's fun to, you know, create something in the kitchen and that helps me. Um, but I also like to do a lot of like self pampering, whether it be painting my nails or doing a oh, face sis, mask. Don't, under, or- don't underplay it. A little self pampering. <laughs> Okay, well, Ashne knows I spend way too much money on skin products and eyebrow threadings and justifying going to like overpriced salons. I'm not saying you don't deserve. I'm just saying a little pampering is an understatement. (laughs) Okay, yes, I okay. Coming from someone that I had to teach day and night moisturizers too, so don't start. Don't with expose me. me. Wow. wow, she just came for you to all fifty thousand of our listeners. Right. That's so wild. Well. You know, not listen, not lying. It's fine. Wild. If it wasn't for this over pampered friend of yours, okay, <laughs> who I love dearly, I do. And also, I pay for it all myself, so I can spoil myself if I want to. And I think skincare is the most important thing. It's going to be with you forever. And you need to take care of that face because you don't want to get wrinkles. You don't want to get tired skin. I could go on about this for days. I love researching beauty products in my free time. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think it's cool to stay on the latest trends without getting stupid. I love it. I think my equivalent of all those videos is that whenever I'm feeling really down, I just watch Jasmine Sullivan sing home from the Wiz at like age 11. Oh, wow. Where'd you find that? It's so amazing. That was iconic. It's just like, it's on YouTube. It's so amazing. And it's like, wow, she has the pipes and the range that we'll never have in our entire lives at age 11. Five alarm fire they report about. They like talk about a kitten safe from a tree, and you're like, oh, what is this fluff? But sometimes you're like, I just need to hear about a freaking kitten being saved from a tree to feel better about my life today. And that's what they give you. 
we fall i think as people we want to know what's going on in the world but then we forget to separate our own bitterness from it and then it just compounds everything and you're spiraling and you don't know why and then you just need to watch like a puppy video or like a mr james getting happy birthday sang to him or a janitor who's going to the kitchen to clean up a mess and gets a surprise party like that's the kind of news we also need so it's also great to see those little droplets in between all of the um daily happenings i was gonna say i feel like i've talked about this monkey video multiple times on the podcast but that's my monkey video video. oh my god we're putting a link to this video on um i cry every time because i feel like you talk about it all the time and we've never posted it (laughs) okay anyway sorry completely off track Who's your ideal like dream? I know you say you want to get into production, but as a producer, you sort of do some pre-vetting with guests too. So it's like six years in the future, you're the world's greatest producer because obviously, and you've just booked the dream guest for your show. Who is it? It sounds so cheesy. I think it's like, I think that, um, like I, I know that the person that made me want to be a journalist was, was obviously my class, but really Anderson Cooper. Um, oh, I met him once, very briefly in an elevator, and I was really scared to say anything. Um, and he just said, um, "Hi," and I said, "Hi back," because we were in an elevator, and I think I held the door. He held the door. I'm sure he doesn't ever remember, and I don't even think I looked up, so he wouldn't. But I I remember when I was little, and I knew I wanted to be a journalist, um, was I was up late at my cousin's house at a sleepover, and the TV was on, and it was right after Hurricane Katrina, and Anderson Cooper was reporting on Hurricane Katrina. And my family had had it on all day and I was just this little kid, not that little, but young enough. Um, and I was just mesmerized. Like my cousins were watching it and I was at a cousin sleepover too. Like I was such a dork. And cause you know, cousin sleepovers were lit. There were like dance parties, <laughs> yes. coordinated choreography, yes. like microphones happening, like outfits and changes and six barbie sessions and monopoly and brownies and like all that jazz but like i was watching this tv and i was seeing his reporting and his commitment to really shed light on these people that were suffering and he wasn't ever one of those journalists that um was gonna stand in the background and let other people do the dirty work he was always right in there and i think that that was the first moment that I was secretly thinking to myself, this is something I want to do because probably up until junior year of high school, I was trying to convince myself that I wanted to be a doctor, but I low-key wanted to be a journalist, but I'm Hispanic and I am, um, I'm Afghani. And if you know anything about those two cultures, they really want you to have a successful career. And I think I wanted to be those things to, to, satisfy this kind of standard of you your children do better than you but once I really saw what storytelling could do I knew even as a kid I knew and in that moment I knew and I would love to really just sit down and have a conversation about his storytelling almost like a life reflective sort of piece like a life's lifetime achievement Mm, sort of thing because the things that he's worked on 
the things that he's done, the places he's been and the perspective he has, I think is so cool. One thing that I want to talk about is kind of being um, the privilege that it takes to even be able to get into a newsroom. Obviously, it takes a lot of hard work, but I think a lot of people look at um, the ratio of people of color versus non-people of color in a newsroom and they assume, okay, there is no diversity here or or why aren't they hiring enough people of color and obviously you know it's always good to see diversity all throughout those things especially in a newsroom that's reporting on um the day's happenings but I think you think about especially for me I'm first generation on my dad's side first one to be born in this country on my dad's side my whole family um fled Afghanistan they were fleeing um you know, in the, I believe the eighties, mid to late eighties during kind of like when the Taliban was getting really bad and they were losing a lot of things and they sent over their oldest son first and they had a huge family. And my grandmother actually gave birth to her last child in Pakistan, but it's like while she was fleeing, but that's besides the point. And my mother was a single mother raising me. And I think that the reason why, you know, I know my family, I can only speak for my family, would push me towards um, being like something like a doctor or a lawyer. Like when I wanted to be a journalist, my mom asked me 16,000 ways to Sunday. Are you sure you don't want to be a lawyer? Are you sure you don't want to be a lawyer? You'd be a great lawyer. You'd make a lot of money. And and I kept saying no. And I initially thought, well, she doesn't believe in me. And it was never that she didn't believe in me. It's that all she craved for me was a stability a stability that she achieved abundantly later in life, but struggled with young when she was younger and taking care of me. And I think that I know that I come from a family and honestly cultures that crave stability for their children where there once was none. And I naively thought my parents didn't believe in me. Meanwhile, all they wanted was protection for me. And I think that that speaks to diversity issues in newsrooms. I mean, yeah. more or less, I feel like what you were saying is that kind of like being able to follow your dreams is a privilege. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So long way of saying being able to follow your dreams, being able to study this, being able to work in a career where you have to work at an in- a bunch of internships instead of having a bunch of jobs to support yourself or, you know, you have to um, take an entry level position that like many entry level jobs, but especially in the media, you know, um, you're making certain sacrifices financially um, and to have that support and have that ability is, is such a privilege to go to schools with really strong media programs. They're usually it's just such a privilege. The programs are hard to get into and they're just following your dreams. Isn't something that everybody can do. And I always say for some people, their biggest dream is just to survive. And for my parents for a long time, that was their dream. And I assumed, Oh, they don't believe in me. All they wanted was stability for me. And my dream was to just follow my heart and what I wanted to do. And once I saw it full picture, I completely understood. Yeah. I mean, I think you sort of, um, 
you speak highly of the fact that like not everyone has the opportunity to like not only take an internship instead of a job, but like take a free internship. Like you're not paying me, but you want me to be here from 6 a.m. till 5 in the afternoon or even later if it's if you're doing news and a breaking story happens or something like that. And like that is such a privilege too. Without my parents saying, yes, you can take two essentially unpaid internships and we'll figure it out and help you out, I never would have been able to get my foot through that door where they said, okay, those two unpaid experiences, which they obviously didn't know, is what makes her our ideal candidate because look at all of her experience. And I was paid at larger networks, um, but at the smaller ones, when you're just starting out, which is honestly all you can get at the beginning, small startups that the best part about them is they'll let you do everything. But to even be able to do that and to take a step back from my part-time job, which is what I had to do in order to take my unpaid internships, is such a privilege. I had to sit down with my parents and say, what can I do to make this happen? Because I'm not going to be able to go into this field unless I have a bunch of internships to back me up. And they completely understood. And we set up a budget. But it's like, that's so much privilege. Not everybody can do that. You know, I mean, I think, I don't know. It's just funny because this whole thing kind of reminds me of my whole situation, I guess, kind of how I ended up where I am now. And I don't know if I've like spoken much about my parents, but my, like my dad's a band teacher. My mom stayed at home for a while um, because of my younger brother who has autism. And it became a situation kind of where um, I will, I won't, for anyone who knows me, like I, you know, that I wanted to be a dancer, specifically a ballerina. um, But it wasn't really an option for me because they were like, you like, no, 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 you need to be stable. You need to be able to support yourself, you know? So I guess I reflect on like everything you're saying, but like from my perspective and even, you know, like even with parents who for the most part, like eventually became stable, weren't always stable, but like, even then they were like, no, like <laughs> you, no art school for you. No, like you can't take the time to like go attempt to be a dancer. Like you have to be stable. Like you have to be able to support yourself. And I guess, I don't know, I never, I, I think I've never reflected on like how much that stemmed from their lack of privilege. So I think that that's the perfect analogy for what I was trying to get at. Um, and I guess I said it in a very long winded fashion again. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, We're here for it. Yes, exactly what I was cool. getting at. Well, like I said, I think, I think that's everything on my end. Anything else, Maya, Brandon? I feel like that was super solid. I enjoyed uh, meeting you virtually, Shy, and like hearing just something refreshing, something new, and your take on everything and your experiences. So thanks so much. And we're not done quite yet, but thank you for like indulging us and kind of bringing us into your world a bit. And and like I'm glad you guys are curious. I mean, I just think it's interesting, like being a young professional especially like being a young journalist, it can be so crazy, but so, so worth it, especially if you know that's what you want to do. If you're on the fence, like, man, that's a lot of sacrifice to make if you're on the fence. But (laughs) if you know it's what you want to do, it's going to be really cool. And you're going to get to do some awesome traveling and tell some cool stories. And uh, it's one of the best decisions that I've ever made. And I'm glad that you guys could just let me talk about it. Well, on that note, I think we'll take a break. Wow, I didn't see that coming.
Back from that, yes, now you know. Back from our uh, third super fabulous interview with Shai, who is still hanging with us uh, for our last two segments uh, of the show that you all are familiar with. So we're gonna pass it over to Maya for our Ass of the Week. Okay, so I said this earlier. Um, I was going to give ass of the week to Andrew Gillum because I think he's very handsome um, and he's like doing a lot of dope work in freaking Florida and it's stressful I'm sure he's stressed but you know he has like a whole ass wife and kids and I'm not here to tear apart a black family so instead um, I'm going to be basic and I couldn't remember if I've given this person ass previously but if I haven't shame on me if I have He's getting it again. And it's your favorite half black, half white Jew, Canadian, and mine. Just celebrated his 32nd birthday, Mr. Love of My Life, Aubrey Drake Graham. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, no one's going to contest this. It's a given. Drake is beautiful. It's fine. It's good. But... He just had his birthday and he just posted all these pictures on Instagram and he's like wearing this velvety navy blue tracksuit and one of the legs is just like pulled up so you can see his calf and the other one is resting comfortably on his foot. He just looks so good, yo. Like it's so wild because he was really busted looking the first couple seasons of Degrassi and then he glowed up, got shot, got in a wheelchair got strong and then now he's just the man that we grow to love today and he has a secret child that's not a secret anymore so he's a dad and i have a thing for dads so i'm stressed because we break up every six months and get back together but drake i still love you and i know you're listening and i just want you to know that whenever you're ready to hashtag quit playing and come settle i'll be here funny enough i don't think you've ever given the ass to drake I could not remember if I have or if I have it. And then I realized we should probably keep like a running list of these. Yeah. I mean, but if somebody gets it twice, then like, don't they kind of deserve, deserve it? They just, de- I mean, I, I think he deserves. Oh, definitely. Like, deserve Poppy deserves. like old Aubrey Graham. He can, we can, I, he, you know, I take it or leave him, but. Where he is now. I may or may not be subscribed to his tweets. So like I get a text every time he tweets something. Oh my gosh. Um, Maya. That's not weird. I did it once when I was waiting for like tickets for like the, it was either the Would You Like a Tour Tour or the Club Paradise Tour. And I was like waiting Maya. for tickets to drop. So I subscribed to his tweets and I still am subscribed to this day. And so he tweeted something today. I think it was the link. Oh, he just tweeted the link to the sicko mode video. Everybody go watch it. But um. Yeah, every so often I get a text from Drake and it's like, (laughs) link. And then I go click on the link and you know what? I'm just going to bask in my basicness. He had a 2000s themed birthday. I would just like to say that I think I started the trend of themed birthdays. And you pick a decade and he did the 2000s and he dressed up like fabulous, which is problematic because fabulous. I think everyone has quietly forgotten that he like beat the shit out of his wife a couple of months ago because we're all pretending like it didn't happen. But that's neither here nor there um but a 2000s themed birthday that's so dope and i was into it he had like a whole blockbuster section like a 7-eleven section and i don't think you're gonna get any um that's fine what's the word detractors yeah no pushback on this one but anywho yeah we can move on to the bob 
Um, Shy, we've been passing our bop to our guests this season. If there is a song that you want to share, then you can go ahead and feel free. But if you want to pass it, I have a song on my spirit as well. Does it have to be a new song? Because I've been listening to Love Don't Cost a Thing by J-Lo. Give me just like a little bit more motivation. I'm like, hey, Google, play Love Don't Cost a Thing. And she just gets me going in the morning. And then I see like when I listen to a J-Lo song, all I think about is how ripped she is. And then I want to eat healthy. I want to dress nice. I want to be contoured. She just motivates me. So my bop of the week is Love Don't Cost a Thing. Early J-Lo is the best J-Lo and I could listen to probably that whole album on repeat and just bang out like a workout, like get over whatever is plaguing me for the day and push through because she may not be like the most amazing songstress in the world, but she can perform and she has abs better than I will ever have in my entire life. And she's had kids, so she deserves it. She should be a video vanguard for what she looks like and what she does and how she can dance around those tight cat suits. All right, y'all. We have made it to the end of yet another exciting episode of Diet Starts Monday. Um, thank you, Shy, for spending time with us and telling us all about how to be good, happy little vegans and all about your experience working in journalism and I know we're going to see you see your name in like producer credits in the next couple of years. And I'm super hyped for that. Uh, shout out your blog one more time for the folks at home so that they know where to go follow. So it's my Instagram handle is um, hungry little vegan and it's just straight, no spaces, no capitalism, capitalization, um, hungry little vegan. So follow me if you want ideas and you're busy and you're hungry. <laughs> Yeah, for real. I literally followed while we were doing the show. And so now I'm going to get all the vegan inspo that I need to make it through my entire life. But thank you again for spending so much time with us and telling us all about you. Thank you folks at home or in your car or on your mode of transportation to get to work for listening in to another episode of Diet Starts Monday. You can catch us here every other Monday doing our thing, talking to dope peeps and just trying to enrich our lives in ways that you know, just make us better all around human beings. Until next time, I am Maya. I'm Aj. And I'm Brandon. And your diet probably started a month ago. Or maybe you're going to wait till January to start it again. But my diet starts every other Monday. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. We're on Spotify. This week's episode of Diet Starts Monday was produced and edited by Maya Dawit with production support from the entire DSM squad, including B. Shat and A. Truss. Our theme song was written and performed by Brandon Shat. You can find episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DSM Pod or on Facebook at Diet Starts Monday Podcast. <laughs>